my dreams I've kissed your lips a thousand times I sometimes see you pass outside my door Hello sunlight in your hand and tell you time and time again how much I care sometimes I feel my heart will overflow hello I've just got to let you know cause I want Are you somewhere feeling lonely? Or is someone loving you? Tell me how to win your heart For I haven't got a clue But let me start by Hello again. Hello. That Lionel Richie song. I wonder if as an um, intro. Um, hi, this is Hannah. Um, 
at Roadside Shaman on Instagram, Hayoka in shamanic practice, Mama to my Truman. <laughs> I'm I'm here to speak into the void, as they like to say. Um, log something into the, the archive. Upload something into the consciousness. Speak my truth, share something, I guess. <clears throat> That's the bottom line of what um, I'm thinking we're going to be calling Fireside Chats with the Roadside Shaman. That's what um, I believe we decided we're going to call this little endeavor. Um, and I don't really want to... Um, you know, pick up where I left off because that was, you know, days and weeks and hours ago. The last time we recorded something, um, it was actually just last week, but you know, time is funny that way. Um, so yeah, I had been thinking about a lot of different ways to approach these episodes or these opportunities um, this platform that Mark has offered up for us. Um, and I, I, um, I do want to address the archive again. Um, you know, what I have tracked through my expression on Instagram, cause that's the very public part. And I have us, I, I have also, you know, journals and art pieces and altars and medicine craftings that are much more private and intimate that are um, shared within my circle perhaps or even just within myself um, but the point is there is um, there's a process that's happening and uh, I have been trying to be as transparent as possible in my in my process in my spiritual evolution in my personal development in my healing if you want to call it that a lot of people like to call this healing especially um when one has had an experience with such a uh, uh complex medical history as i have had the different experiences that i've had in this body have been uh um, well, one of my favorite ways to describe it is something that <clears throat> my dad found a few weeks ago. He he said, your body is a medical enigma. <laughs> I thought, I thought that that was pretty accurate. Um, because yeah, it's just been through some stuff. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I have some stuff working through my throat chakra today. Um, and yeah, a lot lately, actually. So at any rate, um, I I want to be transparent because that is something that I have found. Um, it's it's a nature that I can't really shape that much. I am what I am, as I am, who I am, how I am. I am as I am, <laughs> you know. And so. While I do have different um, 
personality programmings or, or what have you, things that I can default into when I'm um, called to certain tasks or, or social settings or um, uh, environmental uh, situations, I, I do definitely um, have some, you know, some frameworks that I can lean on. But by and large, I just interact with people from the truth of myself, from my authentic core. I just, I've dropped all of my masking and my um, veneers because I just found that they were too heavy to bear. I couldn't relate to people with all that armor around me. I'm a cancer, you know, hard exoskeleton, you know, like a crab. Uh, and I'm also scorpion, Scorpio, you know, another hard exoskeleton, but we have soft, gushy centers in the middle. So, um, yeah, when I get to know people, I sort of bring them inside that shell and then all of a sudden I'm vulnerable to, them completely because I brought them inside of myself. So, um, yeah, I, I ha I'm trying to be as transparent as possible in my process and how I have, um, engaged in my own personal wellness journey, how I have engaged in my own healing, how I have engaged in my own, um, integration and uh, trauma recovery honestly I, I've lived uh, I've lived through a lot of traumatizing experiences in this life for sure and um, it really truly wasn't until I began a, a somatic process of healing that my body started to truly get well all, everything else before that was just symptomat symptom management. Um, I didn't really start to get free from the burden of illness until I I shifted that. It, it, it was a big shift, but yeah, I mean, it, it matters. It matters when you decide to live unequivocally, without hesitation. When you decide to thrive, when you decide to nourish the self, and I'm not talking about a, you know, a physically protective, egoic response. I'm talking about when you, in your core, decide that you're worth existing and nourishing and, and being cared for. That's really when the healing unlocks. That's when all of your, um, all of your magic starts working. <clears throat> all of your medicine just flows through your cells. There's so much science now affirming what uh, you know. Holy people have prayed for and about, and you know, as for millennia. It's just telling us that the power of our words spoken into a situation, it literally rewrites the reality of the situation. So 
I'm being transparent, but I'm minding my words and I'm trying to have discernment about what is for public archival and what's for my own personal uh, journals or records. Because I'm, I'm realizing that sometimes my transparency can I don't know it can make people uncomfortable and it can cause uh, really strong reactions in some people so or in myself you know this is it's di sometimes it's difficult to be this uh, vulnerable exposed you know there's no falseness here there's just what I choose to um, share and what I choose to keep to myself you know um, but there's no masks and so if it's received well it's me that's being received well if it's not received well it's me that's not being received well and so that's a really tender place to be it's a tender tender place to be I have borne a lot of masks and put a lot of you know pseudo personalities out there for my social circle to engage with over the years and I've just I've had them all rejected and so um <coughs> I just decided that it wasn't worth the weight of the mask if they were going to reject me they might as well reject me at least I could stop wearing the mask, the burdens of the masks and the armor. I just got tired at the end of it all, you know? It's it's uh, less exhausting to be myself than it is to be whoever I thought it was that people were wanting me to be. So yeah, my um, therapist, when she listened to some of what I had shared in the last podcast, um, affirmed my transparency. She said that she really liked my transparency. So I'm going to lean into that. I was going to start with the 42, um, uh, virtues or the 42 ideals of Ma'at, which is my take on Te'ata, the Chickasaw, um, uh, ancestor that spoke our stories first in the modern uh, record. She was called Bearer of the Morning. Um, I was going to do that because I've been, you know, meditating on 42 all week. <laughs> I am 42 this time around right now, and there's 42,017 emails in my inbox <laughs> right now. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to keep this recording to around 42 minutes if I can, because with intros and outros, that'll hopefully get us to 45, which is what Mark was um, hoping for. And, you know, there's flexibility, but I try to uh, fit within constraints wherever possible. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So 
At any rate, I was thinking about doing that meditation on 42 and in particular um, particle 42. I have a written piece in with that hashtag and also, you know, the 42 ideals of Ma'at, like I said. And then I was also going to talk about the moon names that <clears throat> are being used because we're coming up on a new moon on uh, Sunday, on the 9th. So 9-9, nine, nine, woohoo! Um, and so just, I was thinking about going through the moon names, but it just didn't feel like the right thing. And so in the last few moments of preparation, you know, I'd finally figured out the technology, you know, how to download the app and start getting it recording. And I had done my test recording and played it back and listened to it. And, you know, everything was go good. Everything went. I had kind of, you know, procrastinated as much as my uh, nervousness would allow me to. And it was finally time to push record. And I found myself in these really... Uh, evocative phrases um, of someone else's writing, not my words, but yet deeply transparent because it's my natal chart. It's my astrological birth chart. I mean, that is the most intimate information about one's persona or life path that one can share. You know, you'll know if anyone is serious <clears throat> about getting to know you if they ask not only what your birthday is, but what time you were born and what city, if they ask you that information, they really want to do a deep dive on your personality and your, um, and in particular in your way of relating to them. That's called synastry. If you want to look it up, S Y N A S T R Y synastry. Yeah, I think that's right. S Y N. S-T-R-Y. Yeah, synastry. Um, that's the astrological impacts of uh, two people in relationship, I think is the best way to describe that. Um, yeah. So at any rate, this is, um, it's an astrology, it's, a, it's a, a natal chart I had gotten from Chaos Astrology years ago, probably two years ago at least. And I've, you know, kind of skimmed through it a few times, but, um, I haven't printed it out and I haven't done a deep dive on it. And, but for whatever, for whatever reason, I started reading this and I think it mostly has to do with, um, I've been getting a lot of questions lately about like, what is astrology and what does it mean? And, you know, how, how did they start to decide that, you know, all the people that were born in August would, act like lions. That's basically the types of questions that I'm getting. Um, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just know that it has to do with like symbological programming and probably similar epigenetic changes that are put into the human uh, genome based off of where they're birthed you know, you know, where the different celestial bodies are in relation to the planet and how that has an impact on the DNA. You know, I, I don't know the exact pathways. I just, um, I just look at the different, you know, 
information that comes from astrologers. They look at the information, they speak it, and I go, yeah, that sounds legit to me. It just feels accurate. And not this isn't true of every reader. I'm not saying that or every system. And, and I'm not saying that, it, and I'm talking about horoscopes or predictions here. I'm talking about astrology um, being interpreted where people are talking about the celestial bodies, their natures, their essential um, elements, as it were, and how they are in relation to one another at any given moment. And that's always changing because it's never the same, even when, you know, we repeat similar patterns like, you know, full moons or eclipses or, you know, uh, <clears throat> mercury retrograde. These are patterns that repeat, but they're always slightly different because we're moving through space time continuously. We are never, ever, 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 ever in the same place ever except for we always are exactly in this singular moment of now. And it's just the examination of that now and that integration of those understandings that we're called to in this life. I feel like astrology is one helpful framework, one way to examine one's natures. One could use the different... Uh, Hindu God systems to, you know, become conscious of one's natures and integrate the selves. One could meditate on the different tribes of Israel and the different natures that they represent and integrate them, integrate them. Golly Moses, why am I having such a difficult time with that word today? Integrate. It's great to be able to say integrate. <laughs> <sighs> Basically, in my understanding, there's 12 selves at least. 12 upon 12 at the most. And more than that, the human consciousness kind of fractures and stops understanding and having compassion with one another. So I feel like the astrology is a way to understand our mirrors, our fellow selves, our other others, are we they? I mean, in my belief, we are all one. Period, the end, we are all one. I am you, you are me, we are they, they are we. <clears throat> Abba Benili and Sintalo. As above, so below. That's right. So, um, Knowing that, observing the relationships of the celestial bodies and their natures, we can then integrate that conversation into our consciousness because it takes what is in the subconscious or the unconscious and brings it into the visible conscious. We take what is an internal process and look at it externally and like we can see it. We can see the impacts. Okay, so that's in my singular experiencing how astrology can be helpful. I don't think astrology is helpful when it's sort of a fatalistic, when it's, when it's used in sort of a fatalistic or deterministic way in the sense that like, oh, well, um, Geminis are always duplicitous or, 
um, Scorpios are always um, sexual. I mean, there are certain patterns and natures, but it is about knowing what the potentialities are within the self and you as the walking human, as the breathing miracle, as the catalyst at the point choice of now, you are the point zero in your breath, in your now. In that moment when you're choosing, that's when you really are crafting your self. And the astrology is just sort of like a possible arena of outcomes. And you looking at them, it lets you choose what you like best, even down to aesthetics. Even down to aesthetics. You get to tune your experience. This is just a little bit of a helping guide along the way. It's um, it's another mirror. It's another mirror. So at any rate, I feel like it's very transparent and there is a lot here. I, I want to read some of this because I feel like it's highly instructive and I really want to... I. I don't know. They say that if you read something aloud, it preserves it uh, more in a more uh, in-depth way somehow in your mind, in your memory, in your cells. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read this out loud. I'm going to recite it and we'll see how far we get with the 20 plus minutes we've got remaining. Hey, 2222. Woohoo. Ha <laughs> That's funny. Um, We'll see how much time we have left and how much we get through. But this is this is the most transparent I can be. This is my natal chart. This is my roadmap. I'm showing you the map of what I have to choose from. And, you know, you can see what my quirks and foibles are and what my possible pitfalls are. And, you know, I'm just sort of laying down, belly open, saying, here you go, guys. This is me. And, you know, there you go. So again, this is from Chaos Astrology. And I think it's .net. ChaosAstrology.net. And they have a free natal chart that you can just put in your information. Um, try to find out your time of birth if you don't know it. Try to look it up somehow on your birth certificate, see if you can figure it out. Because um, that's the most accurate uh, reading. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and recite now. Astrology is not just predictive, it's also productive. Astrology is an activity based on the principle of unus mundus, the universe as unity. Everything from atom to galaxy is rooted in the same universal and all-pervasive reality. And this reality reveals itself in the purposeful, ordered, and meaningful processes of nature as well as in the deepest recesses of the human mind and spirit, as above, so below. Anything happening in one part of the system gets mirrored in a self-similar way everywhere else. 
Quantum physics tells us that the very act of observing something changes it, and the butterfly effect of chaos theory shows how even the tiniest flap of a wing can eventually produce a hurricane. Upon examining my own life, I can see how the slightest shifts of direction have led me down some very divergent paths and presented me with infinitely strange and beautiful experiences. But the most satisfying and successful of these experiences have come when I was going with the flow of time and determinism. The universe, being the accommodating creature that she is, will provide confirmation of almost any paradigm we adopt. Mental events, perception, and acts of free will carry with them pure information which is transmitted instantly throughout the material world. To this extent, we live in an observer-created reality, something out there, the great organizing dynamic as some have called it, responds to what we believe about ourselves and our world. From this standpoint, you are a channel, a vehicle, an agency, an instrument, a representative. And your birth chart may best be described as an output program, an indication of what should be flowing into manifestation through you. Although I might speak of, quote, my horoscope, in a very practical sense, it does not belong to me. Rather, I belong to it, as do all the other entities, animate and inanimate, that came into being at about the same time and place. Cosmic powers, if indeed there are such things, appear to use me and what I have to offer, and not the other way round. You will not get the best out of your birth chart unless you become a go-between worthy of relaying the best. Concentrate first on construction and creativity and use astrology to define the possibilities as you go along. In the fractal logic of astrology, each planet, sign, and house is a self-similar unity complete within its own rewards. For example, you may have transiting Jupiter conjunct your natal sun. The usual interpretation of this aspect is one of increased vitality, luck, and optimism. In reality, however, this may or may not happen because the promise of a Jupiter-Sun contact cannot happen without the proper conditions be first being in place. And only you can put them there by adopting an outgoing attitude, by exploring new dimensions, by playing with ideas rather than holding rigidly to one static model, you put yourself into the Jupiter mode. By opening up the universe, by opening up to the universe in this way, you actually invite luck into your life and create a positive feedback loop of openness and optimism which attracts more of the same. By way of confirmation, the information this report is based on is as follows. And then my name is listed here. I'm not going to list the specific details of my uh, birthday and all the numbers and stuff just because I don't think it'll sound interesting to listen to, but I'm July 6, 1976. I'll tell you that. That's fine. Um, so Tropical Zodiac. 
Placidus houses, all the degrees and all that stuff. You guys can look that up if you're super interested. I'm not going to read out a bunch of numbers unless it's eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. I'll read those numbers. <laughs> Jenny. Okay. You guys, <clears throat> that just tells you how old I am. I told you I'm 42, right? <laughs> Okay, so this is the tropical zodiac in the Placidus houses, the luminaries, sun and moon. The state of the solar system at the time of your birth points to self-similar fractal qualities within you. But all but of all the planets, the lights, the sun and moon are thought to indicate the main polarity of your being. In psychology, this is been articulated in the concept of complementarity between the conscious and unconscious contents of the mind. The sun and moon act as positive and negative poles, an intentional directing element, sun, and a suggestible receptive one, moon. In a beneficial relationship, the emotional conditioning of the moon is given a purposive and positive expression by the astrological sun. This has been called intentional living. Wherever we allow our consciousness attention to rest, that we vitalize. The astrological sun. There's only one center to our solar system and there is only one center to your psyche. The sun is the great central powerhouse which illuminates us and shows us where we can get the most from life by radiating all that our sun represents. In Geotish, the astrology of the Hindus, the sun is known as Atma Karaka, or soul indicator, signifying a person's confidence, authority, and power, the ego center of the horoscope. The sun is our central identity and, quote, true self, in that it is toward this more than anything that we should be moving and developing. Thus, it represents that which we wish to become and those we look up to. It is our essence, our bliss, and that which we do for the sheer fun of it. The sun is creativity, original flair, celebration, and glory. The quality of output we tend to expect from heroes and celebrities. But we are each capable of giving out more than we do. And I don't mean money. The sun is about having a purpose large enough to animate the whole of your life and going about it with a tone of appreciation and joie de vivre. Your sun shows how and where you can shine. Light your fire. Oh, that's so affirming. Okay, sun in cancer. You are a very sensitive person who can rely on feelings and intuitive knowing to get around in life. With the sun placed in cancer, you are very good at creating the receptive atmosphere and nurturing climate necessary for desires to grow and flourish. And since this sign is about drawing on all that informs and, is, and supports life, you should also seek to put yourself in situations that feed you as well. Cancer energy is strongly impressionable. 
Emotional comfort and environmental stimulation are very important if you are to avoid becoming too introspective. Your attachments to the past make you a natural historian. Cancer is the mother of the zodiac, always making a home, protecting and providing a foundation for others. A sensitive sign where feelings and real experience count more than cold logic. It doesn't get any more physical and emotional than this. Cancer energy is always nurturing, sensitive, tender, and moody. It feeds on emotional comforts and often has a strong attachment to the past and ancestry. Sun Trine Moon Able to grow and progress through life without major emotional difficulties. Yin, female, and yang, male, energy flows easily. Resources are at hand, as are the necessary instruction on how to use them. There's an inner sincerity and naturalness that does not resist life, but looks for the truth of life as it is. A special gift for spanning generation gaps, bringing older and younger spirits together, easily gains the respect of others. Sun conjunct Venus gentle charm, and personal magnetism. There's a natural sense of discrimination and beauty which excels in music, drama, dance, or any artistic profession. There is a love of making connections which is welcomed in social scenes of all kinds and gives easy popularity, fosters aesthetic leanings with an appreciation of cultural matters, sensual and refined, with a tendency to be easygoing and accommodating. Sun, semisquare, Mars, a born doer and person of action. The ego is strong, energetic, assertive, and extroverted. There is an incredible drive to accomplish and achieve in life which pushes straight on toward whatever goals are in mind. Ambitions are backed up by the will to get things done, but can be very driven to the point of being too aggressive. There is a strong need for physical outlet. This aspect fosters heroism and valor with much activity being directed towards self-expression. Sun, square, Pluto, magnificent willpower, comes on strong and tends to intimidate. Presence and concentration are very forceful, likes to get down to bare essentials right off, not afraid of a good confrontation. This intensity puts self and others through a lot of changes, would be great at research or any work that requires digging, searching, investigating, and getting beneath the surface. Men especially are drawn to or somehow involved in, quote, underground activities. Sex drive is powerful and needs an outlet. The Astrological Moon The Astrological Moon symbolizes memory, memes, and conditioning. The habitual, instinctive, unconscious side of our nature, and therefore the most predictable, our interface with the environment, how we react to it, is best indicated by the moon's position and the planet's it aspects. Because it represents our upbringing and emotional background, the moon denotes our sense of belonging and well-being, or not. 
and what we need in order to feel comfortable and content. But all too often, the tendency is for the moon to reflect back the frayed impressions of old hurts and vendettas, thereby wasting precious energy on painful and unproductive distractions of the past. Clearly what is needed is a more aspiring attitude, one in which we are continually banging our cup and demanding that our needs be satisfied. What is your special hunger? What kind of stimulation do you need in order to feel good about yourself? True gratification can only be had by feeding your moon. The feast of the present is spread out around you. Moon in Scorpio. Yours is a passionate, emotional life. Intense feelings and strong attachments make for hot times. You are fiercely loyal. Moon in Scorpio is secretive and not at all superficial. When displaying how you feel about a particular person or situation, it's really, quote, all or nothing with you. You take more than you can give emotionally, and this may be due to unresolved issues from your early upbringing. However, this is also an excellent moon placement for business, detective work, and the like, giving you a keen sense for power and behind-the-scenes operations. Moon Trine Venus Personal charm and popularity A natural talent in and appreciation of aesthetics Works easily with music and the arts A fine appreciation of female energy Excellent rapport with women Affectionate and caring when it comes to relationships Can charm a prospective mate with ease attracts material benefits and prosperity. The planets, agents of the cosmos. The planets of astrology are not just giant balls of rock and gas, but fractal reflections of the different facets of reality, whole self-consistent categories of meaning. They reveal tendencies which are in a continual state of, quote, becoming, But each individual is responsible for developing his or her attributes and actively integrating the planet's detailed messages. Having had the broad qualities pointed out, you are free to work with or against the cosmic current, but you will only benefit from the universal self-organizing process by intentionally and planfully improving upon those features as depicted in your birth chart. We only get where we're going by moving in the right direction. Destiny is a matter of destination. The Astrological Mercury. Mercury is the articulate messenger. Hermes, master of the networks, change, and complexity. He represents mentality, words, thoughts, ideas, communications, but more generally, this is the planet of connections, everything that links and conveys, synchronicity, the magical crossroads at which the observer stands to see the, quote, similarity of meaning in the converging strands of various causes and effects. This is the meeting place of mind and matter, where logic, wit, 
and reason are brought into play. The power of thought, the power of words, the ancestor of every action is a thought. And how we say something is often more important than what we say. Words trigger attitudes and set up resonances of their own, continuing to do their work even when the attention is elsewhere. Guided by your mercury, you begin to construct a bridge between yourself and the world, bringing together all the unique circumstances needed to trigger results that none of them could have produced on their own. Mercury shows how you can, quote, hijack people, places, and situations to your best advantage, the way you can go about getting your way. Mercury and Cancer, you sense things with the mind and understand that feelings are thoughts too. What does this or that thought mean? Where is it pointing? These are questions you ask. You use subjective rather than objective logic, intuition and gut instinct. Poetry, music, and the arts interest you, as do psychology and the psyche. Mercury, sextile Mars, you have a great love of the written and spoken word, and ideas in all their flavors are what you like best to work with. Your enthusiasm for mind, the intellect, and the world of ideas makes it easy for you to communicate these things to others. You would be a good teacher. You have no trouble putting your feelings into words, and what you say carries a lot of content. You could make a fine entertainer and an excellent speaker. Mercury, trine Uranus. You enjoy working with your mind, and your sharp perceptions make new solutions easy. You always bring an unexpected twist or insight to anything you set your mind to. You are able to teach or help others to be more original when it comes to the words or thoughts they use. You can use the mind in original ways and probably have excellent eye-hand coordination. Your laser-like mind makes conversations fast-paced and illuminating. A ready wit. Mercury square Pluto. Anyone who tries to get you to play with words is in for a big surprise. Your mind cuts right through all the window dressing and gets right down to the quick. Before anyone knows it, you have the heart of the matter out front for everyone to see. You would make a great investigator, either in scientific research or undercover work. It makes no difference. Your ability to get to the point is all but phenomenal. You can talk and put into words areas of the psychological that others wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Wow, that's interesting. Well, I've gone past the 42nd minute into the 43rd, and I'm looking at how much is left to recite, and I'm realizing that this may be the conclusion for this particular transmission. We got through most of the major bodies that I would say even people that are just beginning to attend to astrology are familiar with. That is the sun, the moon, and a lot of people are aware of Mercury. So we've read through there. Um, and we're coming up on Venus. And I think that Venus work is really interesting. 
So, especially since Venus rules Virgo, um, and we're coming up on the new moon in Virgo. So that's a, that's a good place. We'll read that next week and, uh, we'll just continue this conversation. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for this. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stop and close this episode and I'm going to go ahead and keep reading because this flow feels so nice. And that way Mark will have two book, two episodes on the books and we can transmit this um, when it works for him to uh, fill up his channel. These fireside chats can be recorded when I'm by my fire side, which I am, um, and you all can listen to them by your fireside, wherever you are. Even if that fire is just the fire of your own divine heart, even if that fire is the light in your own sweet eyes, even if that fire is, you know, your cell phone <laughs> glimmering as you listen to this, even if that fire is a little stick of incense you've lit or, uh, a little bit of bud or any sort of medicine that you smudge with wherever you are by your fireside pull up this and chat a while I'm here fully with my full self and I'm eager to listen and receive you in your full self and especially in our areas of agreement where we align where we, where our areas of belief overlap, where our light intersects. I'll see you there, where our lights of fire overlap. Until then, Chukma Chipisalacho means hello. I will see you as the Chickasaw have no word for goodbye.
just a chosen one You did not break me I'm still fighting for peace Oh, I've got thick skin and an elastic cover But your blade, it might be too sharp I'm like a rubber band until you pull too hard Yeah, I may snap and I move fast You won't see me fall Yeah, yeah, I've got an elastic heart